The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. <laughs> In December 28th, 2020, Matt Morgan bringing some levity to this podcast before we went on the air. <laughs> uh, Honestly, Christmas feels like three weeks away right now. Well, for you, none of us working stiffs. Uh, I just mean with everything that's happened since, but we'll we'll get into that. Yeah, um, I mean, what's on everyone's minds tonight, I think, hanging, uh, uh, casting quite a large shadow over Monday Night Raw, uh, the death of Brody Lee, that uh, John Huber, Luke Harper, uh, WWE recognizing that tonight in a nice moment at the start of the show, uh, them working his intro uh, with Tom Phillips and with Drew McIntyre in the ring doing uh, It's Monday, you know what that means. Uh, Raj, uh, for the, the news for the people that don't know this sad uh, and quite unfortunate news, uh, can you just bring people up to speed? Yeah, so apparently, um, and this is all that's known right now, is that Brody Lee had some sort of lung issue. Uh, his wife had mentioned that apparently he was hospitalized in October. He started having uh, like fatigue while he was using his Peloton and uh, couldn't finish his workout and then ended up being hospitalized and had been hospitalized since October. And so, yeah, it, uh, I think it just shocked everyone. I mean, I, I know I was kind of just assuming he was off TV to, as they were building a, an angle for him to come back after mm-hmm. the Cody match. And then, you know, yeah. when, when I first saw that, my first instinct was like, oh, man, someone hacked into the AEW account. Yeah. Just thinking, like, it can't be real. And, um, yeah, then started, you know, just talking to different people. And, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, to say it's, it's, it's shocking uh, because it, this is the first time we've had, like, someone who is kind of a top, you know, who is a, a top guy in a promotion. Mm-hmm. Um pass away while they're, you know, still one of the still top young. guys since, since Chris Benoit or Eddie Guerrero. I mean, it's, um, and, and non-drug related, non-steroid related, right. non-combination of drugs, alcohol, the bad things that a lot of the wrestlers in our generation, we grew up watching past. Right. Um, right. One, one thing I just wanted to, I, I wanted, I never shared this with anybody, but last year I've had the flu. You guys total five times my whole life. I never get sick. Thank God. But, Last year, I caught pneumonia, and I was hospitalized for two weeks with this son of a gun, and it no, no exaggeration, it almost took my life. And I was healthy as a horse in some of the best shape I'd ever been in, lowest body fat, great cardio condition. I got it from uh, hugging one of, uh, one of my residents, hello. Um, yeah. She had pneumonia unbeknownst to her. But, but like, out of nowhere, I kicked the crap out of me. So bad that I was wired up in this hospital for two weeks, and they're like telling my my wife and my mom like, there's a good chance we might not be able to take get them back, and still to this day I have uh, uh, the scarring on my lungs from it. Um, but it, it scared the crap out of me that about how fragile our lives are. We don't know, you know. It's I think what's his name Nick Aldis, you know, yeah, uh, said a good tweet. I I, 
I like, you know, tell those that you, you know, you love those of you in your, you know, your inner circle, you love them. You, you can't say it enough to each other. We cannot. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, I mean, so just the outpouring of love and support um, for, for Brody's family, uh, the memories of him. I mean, just it has been just a celebration of his life, uh, you know, even just, uh, despite uh, the tragedy, sorrow uh, and, and strong feelings about his passing, the sadness. People have been so this warm outpouring and these great memories. I mean, clearly, he just seems like he's friends with everyone in the business. Yeah, it was up and down yeah, across yeah, all promotions, across the independents, just everywhere. Because he's one of those that, yeah. that makes a lasting impression in, in people's real lives besides the business itself, but the real lives. Um, but w one thing I wanted to say and kind of put like a happy, you know, a happy, uh, a somewhat happy story on this, if I could, is I worked with him uh, uh, on the Indies. I had just finished with WWE and I was in between going to New Japan. And uh, I was working with him at an indie company in Pennsylvania, ironically owned by Sam's dad hmm. uh, or Corey Graves' father. And uh, he's like six. This guy was like six foot six, a little still skinny at the time. Brody was. I uh, still yet to fill out his body, you know. Um, and I remember talking on the side about, you know, hey, what does it take for me to get to WWE? What do I got to do? What you watch? What you watch my match? What can I do differently? And he was another one that grew up as a little boy watching this stuff, and was mesmerized by it. And it was his biggest dream to one day wrestle there, you know? Mm -hmm. So positive end on this is, you know, that he got a, a chance that not many people get a chance to do and live out that childhood dream. Um, and he's one of those that were incredibly appreciative of it. And what I really respect most about him is that once he got that dream and achieved it, he still put his family first because being a dad and a husband was far more important. You see what I'm saying? Dream, mm -hmm. Dreams change as we get older. Goals change, right? And the fact that when he was in the WWE bubble, he was there. Um, it wasn't about him just wanting to move on to get a better opportunity. It was also about what is the best situation for him and his family so he could continue to be a badass dad, a badass husband, and, and have the opportunity to do that more. And by going to a different company, he was given that opportunity. So... All the kudos in the world to anybody in this business that is willing to put their family in front of the dream, if you will. Well, and uh, what a year he was having. Uh, so glad to see that he got that run and got that opportunity. Oh, my after God. Being... He resurrected. He resurrected yeah. the job, the freaking jobber squad at first is what they were. I'm sorry. I'm their yeah, biggest dark order, but I'm, at first they, they they were a joke, and he yeah. came in and changed them like he gave them credibility like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, he's someone that was uh, now look background in WWE barely used. It was in the Bludgeon Brothers, which was an uh, interesting gimmick to say the least. Uh, largely forgotten. I mean, we called out on this podcast for you know my experience seeing him as a fan. Uh, you know the oh, soulful eyes comment that you guys. Didn't let me live down for the longest time. Uh, but uh, I think that uh, when I saw the documentary WWE did on him about two years ago, and you saw who he was out of character versus in character, I believe I immediately dubbed him the best actor yep. on the entire roster. 
Yeah. Because no, such I a mean, different we guy. We just interviewed him in September. I mean, just such a difference. Yeah, I mean, just a few months ago, just it's insane. And 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 that's you know, again, with your loved ones, you know, take that extra minute yeah. to give them an extra hug and an extra kiss to them, yeah. them because um, you just never know. And, and this year has shown that you just never know. And, uh, it's tough. Yeah. And, uh, you know, our condolences, of course, to his, his wife, his oh. friends, his family, uh, his sons. And, um, yeah. Yeah. This is just, it's so tragic. And, that, that's... Um... <sighs> this has been a rough this, One other good thing I'll point out is, is that he is so, that he meant so much to so many people. This isn't going to be one of those deaths where, okay, people talk about it for a couple of weeks. That's it. This yeah. is going to be a scenario, you mark my words, where there's going to be the Sammies and so on and so forth that were his, his, his buddies yeah. that are going to, st- in my opinion, are going to be are going to be there for his kids. You watch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Kronishaw pointing out in the chat, not one negative from any of his peers and fans, a loving father and a friend to anyone in need. Hell no. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jax Collins saying, don't want to sound selfish or horrible, but John passing hit me like yeah. Owen. Uh, such an amazing man, impact, impactful outside of TV. Mm. And, and then uh, Bernie DC saying, only had one brief young, chat yeah, with cool. him a couple of years back, talked Redskins with him being a huge Skins fan mm. as well. Uh, between the tributes and thoughts from his colleagues, definitely one of the real good ones. And uh, AEW is announced during an appreciation night this Wednesday. I'm sure it will be filled with uh, tributes wall to wall. Well deserved. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> If you guys, if some of you guys that were fans of it, there must be. Is there a delay on this when I'm talking? I apologize. Teensy bit, but it's okay. Yeah, it's it's barely noticeable. Hello? Yeah. Um, real, real quick, some to the fans of uh, of Brody, if you get a chance, check out the latest BTE if you could on YouTube. It it'll make you smile. It'll make you laugh at least. Um. And they do a good job with it, actually. Um, I'm not saying that to plug BTE, so shut up, haters. Uh, really, really watch it because it shows what he meant to the others in the Dark Order and how he helped all of them, but at the same time, how what you're supposed to be doing with this business to begin with. And that's having fun. And he doesn't, yeah. it, this captures all of that. I'd suggest people check it out if you can. And that's the craziest thing, Matt, is that, you know, you put, you put uh, hit the nail on the head. He came out of WWE being, you know, like a backing guy, right? Like background in the Wyatt family, uh, barely given anything to do, basically uh, main roster enhancement talent. And then to go and lead a faction, like you said, the Dark Order that was seen largely as irrelevant, somewhat as a missed opportunity to joke, revitalized yes. that. Yes. Uh, and for him to turn that around and get the run that he's had in AEW, I mean, just what what a what a wonderful uh, year that he that he had. And I think that, uh, you know, to, to look for a silver lining in all this to, to have had the year he had before passing, yeah. um, you know, I'm glad he had that opportunity to uh, reach yes. an even larger audience and show what he yes. was truly capable of. As a, as a talent, you guys, I can't even begin, and I, I was only able to do it on a much smaller level with TNA, obviously. But the, uh, the 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 fulfillment you get when you finally leave that when you a place where you feel like you're being misused and not used enough, mm-hmm. whatever, and you get that opportunity to be yourself or be a better version of yourself, 
guys, that is the best high I could ever explain to y'all. And Mm -hmm. he got that on a major level. Guys, he demolished Cody Rhodes in minutes, I'll remind y'all. He was, the rocket was on him, was about to be on him. Um, So you're right, he did get a great year in there. Uh, Wrestling related was a good call. While being able to be home much more with his family, which is I still yeah. love this part. Yeah. And let's not forget, he had some uh, great moments in WWE, too. I always point to that match with the Shield and the Wyatt family. Well, he was Intercontinental Champ. He was Intercontinental yeah. Champ. But that match with the Shield and the Wyatt family. The it, hell yeah. It, it was the first match with like the current, you know, after 2010 stars where the fans are on their feet before the match oh. began, chanting, this is awesome. And the, it was electric for 100%. that match. and. It was, yes. I mean, it was amazing. It and was. I think it's, it's one of the most electric Dude, you've seen. He was also an IC just... champ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. Uh, and people forget he's an IC champ. Yeah. A disgruntled New York, New York Jets fan, Justin Lopez, saying, This is just tragic, man. He was one of my favorites to watch work. A six foot seven man working like a cruiserweight was just incredible to be. R.I.P. Brody Lee. So it's still, still surreal, um, but yeah, I mean, he was taken way too soon. Absolutely. Um, I guess we should talk about Monday Night Raw. Yeah, I don't know how to quite translate. I mean, they did open Monday Night Raw. They with did the, with the graphic, and that was nice. It was nice that they acknowledged it. A lot of people sort of question. I mean. Yeah, it was it was very fitting. It was nice. I enjoyed uh, Xavier wearing the Brody uh, armband. There were some uh, tributes and shout outs to him throughout the show. I mean, it's it's crazy. It's hard to think, and that and that's kind of what I'm getting at is that think about a year ago where he was at in WWE, and then think about a year later the career, the the run that he had in AEW. It's just it's really remarkable. And, yeah. um, and it looks like Matt is having some technical difficulties. We'll get him back on here in a sec. And uh, Matt, uh, not to hype this up too much, we're going to talk about the number one contenders match that opened the show, Sheamus versus Keith Lee. Matt Morgan told us before the episode that he took notes. He wrote down notes about Keith Lee that he's going to share during his critique and criticism of this match. Matt, you there? Can you all hear me? We can hear you. It's uh, Your picture's a little jittery, but we can hear you. Yeah, we can hear you. Can you hear us? Guys, there's a, some reason there's like a 10 second delay. I'm asking you guys questions and like it's like five seconds behind. Do you want to just call Raj on speakerphone? Raj, you want to? No. <laughs> we'll, we'll just, uh, if you want to try bouncing off and on one more time just to see if this. that fixes it. Otherwise, we'll just deal with it. Okay. Uh, uh, so Drew McIntyre cut that opening promo. Uh, talked about, you know, with Seamus, uh, you know, not trusting him after what happened last week, but then we. Uh, transitioned and uh, uh, real quick i yeah. mean uh, the first words that yes. you spoke paying tribute to Brody lee you know saying uh it's monday you know what that means which is a famous line uh that Brody would always tweet out every day well did and, you read the explanation behind that that somebody finally explained why he he chose that and because he would do that with every day of the week right and did you read the explanation why no it's actually kind of genius because he said it means something different to everyone when you say the day of the week and you know what that means. So the idea is that there is no one meaning that he has. It's the idea that it becomes like this instant inside joke or inside meaning to the person that reads it that does their own autocomplete on what that is. I, I thought that was brilliant that he did that. Because I, I will admit that I uh, was always a little 
Like, what's what's he getting at? What's going on? Right. I always he wanted made to it famous. <laughs> he did. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, it's just it's funny and and uh, seeing he act uh, when he acted on the USA show. He was in that horror movie that was said uh, during uh, colonial times. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, he, just, he was he was such a presence on screen. I just feel he could have done so much. Mm-hmm. beyond wrestling and then when you watch him talk and you watch his personality and and you know he was a podcaster i didn't know that until uh seeing some of the tributes that he was doing wrestling podcasts even uh you know just as up as a little you know in the last 10 years just such a dynamic personality i mean he's going to be so so uh truly missed mm-hmm. by this business yeah real quick jody shauna jenkins uh with the super chat saying by bte brody tribute is amazing i gotta watch that i haven't had a chance to watch that yet no uh raj two months ago he said retribution would be gone here we are they're still here thoughts i mean they're here it's like the it's like the cruiserweight division you know when uh they're they're lugging around but it's not really a thing it's uh, true 205 live still on the air technically yeah exactly uh matt can you hear us now yeah all right your video's looking better still yeah. a little delay but all right. If it gets worse again, guys, I'm going to go inside and figure out how to fix this. But um, okay. Keith Lee versus Sheamus. Matt, you had notes. You have notes on Keith Lee. The, the basic the, the basic gist of what the notes that I was like, I, I had that stood out the most to me was, again, his physical appearance and what they're dressing him in. I know it sounds ridiculous, right? But, again, here is this monster – He's supposed to be booked as a monster. They put him in a storyline with two guys that are, I told you this before, tall on television equates to big for whatever reason. It creates to big and muscular. I don't know why. It just does. And you saw it when he got in the ring with Sheamus and Drew. If you saw all three of them in person, trust me when I tell you, Keith Lee is a freaking truck. All right, by comparison to them. I'm not saying they look bad. They're both very muscular, the other two. But it doesn't look the way TV makes it look. On television, if you're vascular and lean, it makes you actually look fuller and more muscular and actually thicker, if that makes sense. That's why Eddie Guerrero and Kurt Angle were able to work magic with their physiques on television. They look much bigger. If some of you fans have met them in person, you're like, wait, wait a minute. That's wow. I'm way bigger than him. I didn't think, you know what I mean? Um, so again, to put him in a storyline, I get the guys that I get, guess I get drew. This is the champ, right? Like we can't be complaining that they put him in the main event, but at the same token, this is the opposite of what I've been preaching and protecting him and building him slowly, but surely with kill match after kill match, after squash match, um, mid card squash, semi main event squash, and so mm-hmm. on and so forth until you build to this main event championship match. Um, another thing, singlet, go back in time and look. Singlets shorten the way the wrestler looks. I'm dead serious. He should not be wearing a singlet. I had no problem the way that he always presented himself on the indies and at first on NXT. He doesn't need to wear a top. Oh, but Matt, he's overweight and doesn't look... I don't care. It looks good on him for some reason. I don't know why I feel that way, but I feel that way. And and he's not somebody who needs to cover up because again, he strikes me as a freaking freight train. 
like as a truck and, and he's powerful. He's not just some guy on the couch, you know, eating crappy food and just getting heavier and heavier. Everybody, this guy's going in the gym and busting his tail. So it's, there's a difference. And I don't know yeah. why they're treating him with what they're wa- making him wear as if they're like, like, like covering it up or shaming him or I, I don't know. I don't like it though. And, and it hurts him. And honestly, it makes him appear shorter. Um, it's who's the guy, uh, the bodyguard on AEW that wears the singlet Wardlow even while it's a different look. I also remember first saying with Wardlow, he should not be needing to wear a singlet because he's jacked. He looks great and it shortens him. He's a tall guy. You want to, to elongate a wrestler. You either put him in trunks or you put him in long pants, like Kevin Nash style pants. Um, and it makes the wrestler appear taller. Perception is reality and wrestling is full of smoke and mirrors. And if Keith Lee six one six two, and you're going to book him as a monster, then you've got to give him those smoke and mirrors that he may need from time to time. Allah, don't book him in a match with a guy six foot seven and another guy at six foot four and a half, six foot five, and both of them super muscular. It doesn't do Keith any favors to the average fan that doesn't really watch, not the average fan, but the mainstream fan, clicking through the channels and stopping. It doesn't help him. Um, I'm happy he got the one win. It was a great match. I don't like the way Sheamus punked him to get into it at the very be- at the end of that promo, but I just broke it. Him. Yeah. Um, he kind of like, you know, punking him out a little bit. Um, but again, it's, there's, there's something the aesthetic of how you have to protect a monster. That's the biggest yeah. things that kept sticking out to me. I'm like, why do they keep messing up with him? Yeah, and to the point with the singlet, how many top stars has it has a singlet worked with, you know, worked on? Like Andre, obviously, but um, King Kong Bundy, but outside of that. ECW, ECW, ECW Taz, and that's really all yeah. that I can really, that top of my head that I can remember. But yeah. they weren't trying to, to make Taz appear tall. Uh, that wasn't right. part of his stick, obviously. But this this guy's a monster. Again, he's no reason to be covering up a top. Like he shouldn't be wearing a top. He doesn't need to. Mm-hmm. My opinion. Samoa Joe doesn't. He don't need to. Yeah. Uh, real quick, nightmare knee with the ten dollars super chat saying, "I'm completely devastated. I never realized how much I love Brody until now." <clears throat> Prayers to his family. I watched his old matches before he was in WWE. I cried every time I watched a tribute. Um, Terry Allen Jr. saying the Shield versus Wyatt family was very memorable. Yeah, I think to that match still holds up to this day. It was awesome. Nightmare Knee also saying, with all the losses God, yeah. we've suffered this year, let's be good to each other. Sorry about going off on a tangent. No. There was this. I mean, I didn't know if I should bring it up or not, but uh, there were people complaining all over Twitter that WWE didn't give a tribute tonight or didn't air a video. Uh, Jenny Hayes pointing it out. Um, People counter are arguing it was taped. It wasn't taped. It was actually live. Um, but we know WWE production is good enough that they could have edited something in. I mean, th- that is the debate on Twitter. Um, they did put the the graphic at the beginning. Uh, a few different wrestlers, you know, dropped some um, Brody lines in. But like, like, is there always a video when a WWE super, uh, former WWE superstar passes? No, for Shad, they just did the graphic. Yeah. 
but then they did a video for like regis you know yeah and um you know, I mean, I could see it. I could see it both ways. I mean, the guy was just with the company last year. Do we think? He, you know, I, I mean, can and they you did, name another video that they've done with somebody past? Uh, well, Pat Patterson. Pat Patterson. Sorry, is guys, a legend. there's a delay. Um, I, I was going to say both him and Regis have something in common that they're both very old when they pass. They lived a full life. They weren't. It wasn't cut. Life was not cut from them. Um, mm. early. Um, oh, so yeah. I'm just wondering, yeah. did they ever make videos I'm unaware of for talent that did pass? This is such a shitty subject that we're even talking no, about, no. by the way. Um, but people know about this. This is, uh, Matt, in the news industry, this has happened before where, like, CNN, CNN has obituaries ready to go for everyone over the age of 60 who's notable. And sometimes they accidentally get published, and it's been a news story when they accidentally get published. But no, to your point, I'm sure no one was. I'm sure they um, don't have this sort of coverage ready to go for anyone that yeah doesn't have some gray hairs on them. And I'm not being cynical. It's just, it's it's like insurance, right? It's like why is life insurance so much more expensive the older you get because it's more likely something bad's going to happen to you. Yeah, I mean, so. is it, I, I'm just I'm just trying I'm just trying to think because they are pretty good about these kind of things. I would think they're, they're, they're a conglomerate, right? They wouldn't purposely. Well, obviously they with do. any malintent here. Right. And they, obviously this is kind of a unique situation where someone's so closely removed to the company. Right. who wasn't there that who was just there again last year. Um, because obviously right. current talent, they've done it every, you know, almost every time I can think of, uh, at least with the bigger names like Eddie and Benoit. Uh, Nightmare Knee saying they did video tribute that's on YouTube. Uh, and Justin Lopez saying uh, he was hoping for a 10 bell salute, honestly. Yeah, uh, Michael, having all the wrestlers out there on this stage potentially as well. Actually, you know what? That'd be nice too, but now I'm being a probably a jerk about it maybe i am i don't know no but it, i know it's it's terrible right i mean it, it's and it's it's like every year people i shouldn't get, be uh, thinking of no i shouldn't I, be thinking I think about that we should be thinking about him his family and how yeah. shitty this is this fucking even had to happen and we've seen so many uh wrestlers and people in the business talking about donating money cm punk donating uh his t-shirt uh, shirt sale proceeds um people are going above and beyond to reach out to his family make sure they're taken care of in all this uh michael wallace seals 499 uh, rest in peace Brody lee that's all that needs to be said uh but no man i think i think that is part of the coping mechanism i mean you know it's it's not to get all curb your enthusiasm about it but i mean this happened in my family when we've lost somebody some some people cope by fixating on the nuance on the little things because those are the things we can control feel that we have power over Whereas it's it's just too Something much of an emotional that they don't we don't exactly we don't have control over because we lost them yeah I got you that yeah. makes sense actually makes very good sense the way you just explained that yeah so no I think it's it's a perfectly natural you're, smart. you're a very smart guy Glenn Rubenstein <laughs> I have my moments uh, Sean Wiley thank you for the five dollar super chat um, so yeah I mean it's it's crazy because I mean this is what everyone's thinking about right I mean I just just this. This has been the main topic on wrestling uh, Twitter, uh, you know, and I think it was more people find out about this. And I'm, you know, seeing people in my uh, 
day-to-day life that aren't even don't even follow wrestling that closely that are tweeting about this that are hit by this that are emotionally impacted by this um so no i mean wow. i think that you know uh i think his presence is greater than certainly than than even he would have estimated in his impact of how just beloved he was you know I, I, real quick I, I was the one thing with when beast passed um, when shad passed right so tragically the, the thing that used to give me goosebumps the most mm-hmm. was how big and how covered it was and how everybody was talking about it I know him. I know him upside down, inside out. He's like a legit brother of mine. And I know, like, he's watching down, marking out for himself. Yeah. Everyone's talking about it. And what I think is amazing in this, again, for Brody's, is that everybody's talking about it yeah. on a much bigger level than I think he would have given himself credit for because he was that damn humble. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in that way, I guess that's a, good, a positive too, right? Oh, absolutely. Um. So, uh, God, this this feels like like I, I can't believe I'm about to say this. Like, so back to the show tonight. Well, uh, after Keith, Keith Lee Keith Lee. won, Keith um, won, and then we have his versus Grand Metalik. Um, well, well, so next week it's going to be Keith Lee versus Drew versus McIntyre Drew for, for the, the title. For the title, yes. Oh, and Elias is backstage with Jackson Riker. Uh, Riker enjoying the music Elias played on his guitar. Uh, While there was knocking on the door. Who could it be? We'll find out soon. Uh, But first, the (laughs) the mid is first. This is, I know, even in a regular week, we're like, man, Raw is so, like, bad and trivial. Terrible. but when there when there's like big things that happen or things that make you think about like the fragility of life and like the grand scheme of things, then I look at Monday Night Raw and I just want to yeah. laugh because I'm like, I can't believe now we're gonna go back to talking about this shit, like in the midst of it all. Like somehow right. this this all matters. Grandma Talik versus the Miz. Edge of my yeah. seat here. Grandma Talik the finish. Grandma Talik won. Yeah, so the storyline is that Miz is uh, Miz is so upset uh, that he lost his money in the bank shot that he can't win a match now, yeah. and and, uh, and so Grand Metalik uh, getting the win, the first time Grand Metalik has ever won a singles match on Raw ever, for good reason. <laughs> uh... Black saw Johnny Hex uh, 499 saying, rest in peace, Brody Lee. Didn't he idolize Bruiser Brody? Yeah. That is not where he got the name from, though. Do you know where the name Brody Lee comes from, Rush? I got it from uh, Cler- Clerks Brody. From Ball Rats, more the specifically. Wow. The character Brody, uh, played by Jason Lee. Huh? Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did not know that. But how many times on this, uh, on this yeah. podcast would we talk about how they need to make, you know, when when he was Luke Harper in WWE, when we'd, we'd say they need to turn him into, you know, Bruiser Brody, just mm-hmm. the wild, crazy, uh, get rid of the Luke Harper outfit and, you know, just turn into Brody, uh, Bruiser Brody. And uh, and that's kind of what they did in AEW, where he was kind of the intelligent uh, brute. And it was working. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sean Wiley, five dollars. Uh, Brody Lee being the elite tribute was awesome under 15 minutes, but it caught the essence and the charisma of Brody Lee's character in AEW perfectly. 
I look forward to watching and that. you cry and laugh at the same time watching yeah. it. Um, oh, Bear Hudson, $10, saying, uh, I'm crying writing this, but a person with a long beard paid for my WWE ticket because I could not find my other ticket for my son. That person was Brody Lee. I'll never forget that. Wow. Now for Sue. Yeah, I mean the the, Thank the, you the for number of stories. That. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, that's awesome. The the, the number of stories out there on social media of stuff he's done. I mean, it's just it's it's heartwarming and heartbreaking at the same time. Just what a good yes. guy he was. And yes, but it, it's a lot of those stories bring a smile to your face of you know people talking about backstage stories and, and ribs that they used to play. So and I I keep coming back to this, and I feel like this is a recurrent theme because honestly. I mean, before I did this podcast, I never publicly had to talk about death and dying and the passing of people in a community, right? Like, we'll experience it privately, but people watch this show to see us talk about these things, oh, report man. about these things, and discuss them and try and contextualize them. And I will say this, and I think this every time, is that I think the true measure of a lifetime is the memories you leave behind with other people. And I will say that if you want to take inspiration... Yes from these passings is think about as you live your life, how you can be that warm presence, how you can improve other people's lives, touch other people's lives. Um, yeah. And uh, just create that positive energy. Like that is the thing I take more and more when we discuss the, these pass, which fe feels like it's happening more and more in this year. I mean, especially, um, but I think if there's something to take away from how we cope with this and the impact we can let it have in our lives, it is how we live our lives and treat other people going forward. Yeah. God, I mean, just uh, Danny Hodge was just the other day as well. We haven't even, uh, yeah. 2020, man. The year is almost over, but it's, symbolic the changing of a year but uh, i hope next year is truly better um be. better man um so after grand metalik picked up his win his uh, triumphant win uh we saw who was knocking on the door backstage and it was aj styles yelling at elias for playing his loud music because almost was trying to listen to mozart how did aj pronounce that he like mangled mozart in like the weirdest <laughs> way and i can't remember what it was uh, I think he was maybe reading Mozart. off the card. Mozart. <laughs> Mozart. Uh, Mozart. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, similar. Um, so, of course, this led to a match. Uh, but before that, we had Dana Brooke versus Shayna Baszler uh, with uh, Shayna Baszler getting the win and uh, really working Dana's arm there. That looked very, very vicious. Mm -hmm. Very good story, by the way. Very good story. When we talked to the newer fans, that, that do like the high spots and the, and the new athletic style of wrestling of today's generation. And I sound like an old out of touch former wrestler. When I talk about ring psychology is more important to me. This was a great example of well-executed ring psychology and going back to the body part that the heel is supposed to be working. She picked it apart. It was really, really well done on her part. And real quick, Shame on WWE for putting AJ Styles in a storyline setup match for later because the person in the locker room next to him played his music too loud. Come on, <laughs> that's where that's where the storylines <laughs> are now. <laughs> um, Good God! <laughs> uh, 
really quick. Some people are pointing out uh, disgruntled New York Jets fan uh, noting what you mentioned earlier about the name Brody Lee coming from the movie. But Mallrats, he looked like the actor in yes, the film Jason, Jason Lee. Jason Lee's fame was Brody Lee. And, and I mean, no. was, yes, he did. Was Brody. And, and, and these fans don't know because they never. They, they, they hang on. They've never seen him before. They know him yeah. as Brody Lee with his beard on television. None of them know him beforehand. That he looks identical to Jason Lee without that beard. I spot yeah. on. When he was yeah. younger, absolutely. Absolutely, hundred yes. uh, percent. And I just, I have to admit, I like, I keep refreshing Kevin Smith's Twitter feed because I want to see if he's gonna uh, talk about this. Because Kevin Smith's worked with AEW, friends with Chris Jericho. I'm sure someone must have told him the story by now. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, and one more ball. thing uh, with this, with this, the Shayna match. They had Shayna destroy Dana Brooke, and then afterwards she Mandy. destroyed Mandy Ro- yeah. Rose all by herself. So I think it's clear they're probably going yeah. with her and Asuka next. Hmm. Okay. They. Build her properly. Mm-hmm. Let's see, because we were pretty tough on Shayna when she got called up, and she she bungled a few big opportunities. To yeah. to to be fair to us for really being tough on her, but at the same time, I feel like she's waited. You know, she's waited in the back, and and now she's hopefully improved and will be ready for the opportunity when it comes again tonight. I thought she looked very ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, she and she comes across as believable, which I think she had a hard time pulling she that off does. earlier this year. But now I think she's she's getting it. Ironically, yeah. ironically though, because they put her in stupid promo segments, dumb promo segments. That ain't her strength. Her strength is kicking ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean I get it, but I don't know. I think the the bite the neck biting thing probably wasn't the strongest introduction. For her character, but no, her versus Oscar, I think will be fantastic. Yeah, who wins though with that? Oh, Oscar. That wasn't, and that wasn't really. I mean, that was that was early on. Yeah, Oscar's gonna win. That was early on in her her, bringing her up. That wasn't like the first. The neck bite was not the first thing they did with her though. Um, The first thing they did with her, I could have sworn, was that terrible promo with Becky Lynch. Oh, I thought she showed up and like bit somebody's. Was the neck bite her debut, or was that she did later on? No, she didn't remember. Okay. Yeah. Not too far off, though. You're not far off. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alejandro Villarreal. Sorry. Uh, $5 thing. Metalik, I feel, would be way better in NXT with the rest of the cruiserweights. He's a good wrestler in Mexico. He was great in CMLL. Um, Blech. He's got a good look. The Lucha House Party is what killed it, man. You can't have them come right. into the ring with uh, pinatas, yes. you know? Yeah. And we'll get to we'll yes. get to Ricochet versus yeah. Ali later, but I was just thinking like if this match happened at a takeover, it would feel like such a much bigger deal. Um, but taking place on Raw, it's such an afterthought, right? Yeah. Uh, Sean Wiley, ten dollars. Brody Lee was handcuffed by Vince McMahon. I'm glad AEW gave him a format for his creativity and his charisma, personality, and talent shown before he passed. AEW should totally be commended for this. Mm-hmm. And remember, wasn't didn't he debut the same right. night? Uh, didn't he debut the same night Matt Hardy did? If I want to, if I'm remembering that correctly, you mean when Matt Hardy returned? When Matt Hardy yes. debuted on AEW, I thought it was the same night when Brody Lee was revealed as the leader of yes. uh, the Dark Order. Oh, yeah, I think you are. Yes. Right, yeah, yes. And that was a tough position because a lot of people assumed it was going to be Matt Hardy that was revealed as the leader. Well, that episode was in his hometown, and it was supposed to be in front of uh, fans. That's right, and. That was one of the first shows of the pandemic. It might have been the first show of the pandemic. 
No, it's, I mean, it's just really remarkable how he uh, was able to make it all work. Leonza Duncan, $5, uh, saying, I'm a huge Wyatt Family Mark, and Luke was my second favorite member behind Bray, but I think WWE dropped the ball and was he was the most uh, and, uh, was the most misused faction in the last 20 years. They were great for a while. I, I don't know if misused is the right word. I thought they were they were pretty strong for a long time. It was stronger than most. Yes. People forget how long that run was. Yeah. I think yeah. once they all got beat up by The Undertaker and Kane at the Survivor Series, that's kind of when it went downhill. But they were they were strong for a while before that. Um, <laughs> so we saw an extensive recap of uh, Alexa and Randy last week, setting up what we were going to see in the main <laughs> event tonight. Alexa was in the ring. I was trying to bring out Randy, and Randy was in the funhouse uh, destroying the place. Kicked Huskus the pig. Orton is beating up puppets backstage. <laughs> Which sounds awesome Listen. on paper. <laughs> no, it never sounds awesome. Written <laughs> or said to me. It's, listen, what, why do normal human beings get to just randomly show up in the funhouse without being invited or magically brought in by Bray Wyatt himself? You can't come in. When Seth Rollins came in, I was like, oh, no. They're going to... They've killed it. They've killed right. the fun house. The one cool thing on this show, thank God it's not fully killed because of that, but stupid stuff like this, it hurts it. Yeah, I mean, I, I mentioned this on Twitter. Like before, the fun house seemed like it was like this demented part of Bray Wyatt's mind that we were able to watch. But now it's yes. just random set backstage that anyone can walk up to. With Apparently, apparently you have to. Oh no! Apparently, you go knock on a, on an all black door, and you you say "Mekaleka hi Mecca hiney ho," and you <laughs> poof, you get to get in. It's ridiculous. Yeah, no, I mean, I I, I I've said my stuff with this Alexa Bliss, uh, Bray Wyatt, uh, Randy Orton stuff. I I, 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 to me, it's the worst feud of the year, worst major feud of the year. Wow! And I thought tonight just wow. solidified it. <clears throat> Did you not like last week with her on the swing side? And no, really, I think it comes across really. The that was dope. The acting is just so bad. I don't, and it's not Alexa's fault. It's the stuff she's given. It just to me, it's just too corny. I, I like, I like my wrestling more intense. I like the Roman stuff on SmackDown. That's some of my favorite stuff in wrestling. This Bray stuff, I hate it. Yeah. When they go way too supernatural, I think hmm. it's just it just too silly. Randy Orton strangled a puppet. Yeah. <laughs> For better or worse. Which is funny because Randy Orton is in my he's in my favorite feud of the year as well with Edge. So he's got like my favorite and the worst. And, and he's done some of his best body of work in his career, which is saying a lot yeah. uh, lately uh, in the last couple of years, I'd say. But yeah. this is tough. This is tough. Yeah. I mean, writing down that he was beating up puppets backstage. That, that alone, that alone says it. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't, don't, don't you get it? No, you don't get it, Raj. Matt, Glenn, Glenn you guys don't get it. That's, you don't understand. Husk is the pig, right? That's a, a play and a hint, hint, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, kayfabe, brother. I know this stuff because I'm a wrestling fan and I know what I'm talking about. And you don't. Um, is a shot at his old character that he played, Husky Harris. Suppose you see what he did? Randy killed 
Husky, the, the former spirit of Husky Harris when he did this. They said, no, no, there is no context in which it doesn't look like Randy Orton, wait for it, killed a puppet on national television. <laughs> okay, but on the other hand, let me, put, let me put this out there. Okay, remember, okay, if the Fiend is coming back, right? And we're so glad they didn't bring him back tonight. But let me just put this out there. And I love the Firefly Funhouse. I think it's been a creative breath of fresh air. Yes. But remember, yes. like, remember Nightmare on Elm Street 7? Like, Wes Craven's new nightmare? No. Okay, it was like... Wait, how, no, was, I see too much. It was, okay, it was a precursor to Scream. You jumped the shark for me then. But here was the idea with it, though. The idea was that Freddy Krueger had become too much of a cartoon... So they like brought back this more reality-based like demon real Freddy that was scary, no hokey one-liners, mm -hmm. just like pure like evil. Mm -hmm. I like that idea with Bray that maybe we're getting this wrinkle where we're getting rid of the funhouse for a bit and the jokey Bray, and now we're gonna get like a truly like evil demonic fiend by taking out the jokier parts of the funhouse for a while. Here's the problem. Okay. Then what do you get? Do you just have uh, the fiend out there kicking off Monday Night Raw in the middle of the ring with a long-winded Triple H 15, 17 minute promo they used to do every single week when News with Evolution. Like, like what what would the context be now without that fun house? Is he just hanging out? Like, I hated when yeah. fiend like remember when he jumped Miz backstage. You guys remember that? I hated that. I'm like, this guy has magic powers and stuff. He doesn't hide behind doors and sneak up, tiptoe behind people and take mm -hmm. them out. He can just like electrocute people, set them on fire, uh, have a tornado come into the building and take them away. He has magic powers. I want to see more magic powers. <laughs> well, they could do. But I'm saying there's there, this is ripe for reinvention. They get, I think if Bray keeps reinventing himself, it's going to be good. Repetition is what makes Monday Night Raw boring. So anything that's new is good. What's, what's not fair, guys? I know we got to move on, and I apologize for this side of the bar. But listen, no, it's good. not his fault. That's what pisses me off the most about this is this was such a great gimmick, such an out, way outside the box creation. Kudos yeah. to him for coming up with it and it working. And WWE screwed it up, ruins it on him, and now we're talking what? A year and a half later, I don't even know how long it's been. About how he need how it's stale and he needs a new thing to liven it up. That's bullshit, mm. and that's not his fault. Mm. Mm -hmm. uh, Leon's Duncan two dollars saying that Randy Brain Alexa is the only reason he still watches Raw. Wow. Yeah, right. I like the stuff with them tonight. We'll talk more about that. I'm uh, sticking, but first, I'm sticking with it. I'm mad about the puppets, but I'm sticking with the storyline. Yeah. Okay. AJ Styles versus Elias. Uh, <laughs> speaking of puppets, AJ Styles with almost AJ Styles looks like a ventriloquist dummy that almost <laughs> just sit on his lap and do comedy with. Oh, the greatest wrestler on the planet. AJ, don't listen to that. That wasn't. Yeah, but that's why you don't pair um, him with a legitimate giant. It doesn't look. This isn't like Sean and Diesel. Like this, really, he looks like a wee little man. But we, we already know that AJ isn't really you know like and it just makes almost that right. much bigger and i feel like I it just gives agree. aj something new it just refreshes him a little bit okay well yeah. aj won tonight against elias shocker it was a good match um elias yeah, is one of the better elias matches i've seen 
he is good. And, and, and guys, for the record, I, I, I challenge the fans. You find me a bad AJ Styles match. Like, sincerely, a bad, where you're like, oh, my God, this is terrible. I, I don't think there's one. Like, I probably came the closest to proving that theory wrong when I had to wrestle. <laughs> but um, <laughs> he, he makes everybody look great. He's so damn good in there. And Elias, also, you guys, the other dance partner has to do their part, too. And I thought Elias stepped up tonight. Mm-hmm. Thought he looked really good. And yes, he's in the ring with AJ. AJ can wrestle a broomstick and make it look good. To a point, Elias did some things in that match tonight. His timing and his in between the move stuff was much better tonight. Um, I felt more of his character tonight. Um, he's good, man. I, I just hate the fact that he's doing the Jeff Jarrett crap. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, real quick, New York City Demon Diva saying that was one of Elias's best matches yet. Um, right, Wolf Bane, <laughs> Wolf Bane. <laughs> we should really start titling these episodes, and I think the next episode should be Raj is a puppet. Yes. <laughs> uh, Jack Collins, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> much love to you guys. Just wanted to show support. Got a beautiful little girl to put to bed. Good night. Oh. Tomorrow's a new day. You know what that means. Night, Jackson. We'll put. And, and really uh, quick, I just want to point out Jackson. Jackson's such a sweetheart. He's such a good fan, a good friend of the show. He sent the cutest video of his of his daughter saying Merry Christmas to my little boy, and I want to thank him oh, again nice. because oh, nice. Jackson, Jackson, you are a blessed father, my friend. Very, very good job on being an amazing dad. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. Um, Ricochet versus Mustafa Ali, as Raj pointed out, a match that would have tore it up a takeover. Tonight was instead all about Ricochet. Is he going to join Retribution? Mustafa Ali out there with Slapjack, T-Bar, Mason, Reckoning. Every time I say those words, a little piece of me dies inside. Um, <laughs> like, uh, this was a good match. Yeah, again, uh, if, if this was happening at a takeover, it just would have I've been so, you know, so much better just in this context as a retribution angle. It's just hard to get into. No, this no offense. Anything concerning except. okay, except what? Well, we'll give two of the retribution members outs because they're incredibly talented and they shouldn't be in this. Who are we going to give the outs to? Mm. Ali and. And who what? else? Wait, what do you mean by uh, give the outs? She's a female. Hint, she's a female. Oh, Miriam. But not, not, uh, Dijakovic so, as well. Sands. Oh, good call. Actually, yes, he's very talented. He did a very good call. My bad. All right. <laughs> My point is this I don't even think on NXT this would have been sal- anything with this group right. is salvageable. I don't right. think you could book this stupid invasion angle, whatever you want to call it, this takeover, hostile takeover that wasn't very hostile anymore. Um, <laughs> they really, really turned it down. Hall in front of 25 fans. Yeah. It's yeah. terrible. It is so rotten, and I do feel bad. I keep forgetting about Dominic. You're right. I feel bad that he's a part of this, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Peter Bahe with <clears throat> chat asking, any chance Eric Rowan appears on Wednesday's Dynamite? I don't think they'd want to make it gimmicky, you know? They want to, you know, pay, 
yeah, I, I, I don't see that happening. I mean, they could have him in the crowd, just, wow. but. Um, Mick Orob Orobsky is asking what our favorite guys' AJ match has been since he's been in WWE. Uh, his might be Brock's at Survivor Series or against yeah. Dean in the TLC match. Cena, that year at the Royal Rumble. Cena at the Rumble. It was a very. I'm going to pick Cena at the Rumble as well as my number one. Those are two very good picks, though, by the way. Um, he had some great matches with Seth, too. Um, yeah. God, there's some. Honestly, there really is. Great a lot, Rowan, but, but the one with Cena really stood out because. Yeah, that's right. But, like, he made Cena look like Cena had more moves, remember? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was the there. Me. Like... Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, just, yeah, he's, he's had great matches. Uh, I was there alive when he did that match against, D it was with Ellsworth, but it was really Dean Ambrose doing all the distractions and things like that. And just to see AJ be able to, like, have a straightforward match, what was entirely a comedy match, was just remarkable to see him be able to pull that off and still wrestle it. Ah, uh, like a straight match. Uh, there we go. Matt's back. Um, so let's see. Mustafa Ali won that match. Oh, and then uh, asked Ricochet, has he made his mind? Is he going to join Retribution? And Ricochet said he will not join the group. I hated when they did that pause. Yeah. So, so Ricochet has lost to every member of Retribution now, right? Except for me, I am. <laughs> <laughs> Hmm, and now so he's hard. losing twice. Like Ali had already beaten him, you know, a few weeks ago, and this is doing him no. This is doing none of these guys any favors. Yeah. Nope. It's not. Uh, Charlotte Flair versus Nia Jax tonight. Pay per view worthy match. These two uh, really went at it, and we yep. uh, did not get a win because Shayna Baszler came Smart. out of nowhere and did the Carefuda clutch. Well, Flair had her own submission going, uh, so the ref called the match. And then uh, Oscar hit the ring to attack Shayna. This was a really yes. good match. This was a great save. You do not beat your monster just yet, and right. And, right? Um, but at the same time, you know, this is this is a great. I'm I'm fine. Sometimes people get pissy about there's no finish in the match. Ooh. Well, there's sometimes there's good reason for it. Right. I, I want I want people being protected that yeah. I emotionally invest in and I see becoming huge stars. Uh, like Keith Lee, for example. Um, so I'm okay with this. I like the finish, actually, believe it or not. You know, it, no, it, it was a DQ, whatever the hell it was. But um, this was great to get this on Monday Night Raw. To, like you said, pay-per-view quality match. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it, yeah. It, it, obviously, it's going to be Flair and Nia Jax for a little bit and Asuka and Shayna Baszler. So you don't want either of them to lose right now. So, Or any of them to right. lose. So. But WWE needs to get out of this habit of just because two teams are feuding or two guys are feuding that they wrestle every week against each other. Yeah. <clears throat> like they're doing with the New Day in the Hurt Business. This is like eight weeks in a row that they've been involved in the same match, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, but this is really good. Charlotte looked really good. Nia looked good. Highly recommend watching this match. Um, this was well done. Angel Garza backstage with Charlie Caruso. Oh, which which legend is Angel going to romance next week on Legends Night on Monday Night Raw? Tune in to find Dude, out. It, it's really smart that they continue to put like Charlie Caruso with him. He has sure. really good chemistry with her. If you ever watch like 
what is it, the backstage? What's that show called on the network? Raw Talk? Rosal- yeah. The, they've been doing this for him and her for like at least six months, seven months. And he, he's got very good chemistry. And, and she does with him, ironically. Like, they're very good together. Um, playing, He's very good playing off of what she serves him, um, if you guys noticed. But I think he's ultra talented. She could yeah. be a star too, if they, if they right? wanted. If they, I thought I was going too far to say that, but I wanted to say that for the record. Yeah, really did. <laughs> yeah she could. I mean, she could be. Thought I was going to get clowned for it. Right? <laughs> no, I mean she's she's got charisma. She's got a right? great look. So yes, if they wanted to go farther with that storyline, I think they could do some cool stuff. Like, but watch that's how, the challenge. Watch though, how confident. So. What we're, watch how confident she is holding her own against Paul Heyman. Paul right. Heyman. Yeah, she she's good, man. Yeah, but the the challenge with it is though is um, can you wrestle? He's right. Yeah, who's he gonna wrestle? What's what's the storyline with this? And when they had the whole thing uh, with uh, what's her face from the Bachelorette, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> oh, man. Do you remember that? That was like six months. A Monday night. Random, random three weeks there. <laughs> Longer than that, dude. It was like three months. It was very long. Um, it felt like three months, but really, I think yeah. it was only like a month. Um, uh, Jim Barcelone uh, is saying Ricochet hey, is excellent, but it, this is just not a good fit, and that happens. It's a two-way street. He tried. The company tried. Will he be Daniel Bryan or Kofi? I'd rather see him with NXT, AEW, or ROH. I, I remember thinking similar with, ironically, DB. When Daniel Bryan got fired, remember? For uh, um, the NXT invasion angle, for choking Justin Roberts with the tie, right? Yeah. Okay, I remember my head going, "He's gonna blow up, um, even bigger uh, on the indie scene and ROH. He'll play it into a storyline somehow. He's creative. He'll be a bigger star." This, but then he went back to the machine, and I was like, "Oh boy!" Uh, and then look what he did with it. So, my point is, we don't really always know how this is gonna turn out. We 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 don't. He is a movie star. He looks like a movie star. Uh, okay. He being uh, uh, Ricochet, obviously. Um, he does deserve better than this. There's lots of talents in that roster that deserve better than what they got, uh, or what they currently have with their storylines and characters. But I hope he's able to, I think we all are hopeful, he'll be able to pull through this and be where he needs to be, which I'm sorry, he is an upper echelon card wrestler. He is a semi-main event talent, mm-hmm. he, in my opinion. Yeah. They and I know... Put- yeah. You think he's got to get better on the mic. Okay, fine. Yeah. But he will get better on the mic when he gets the opportunities to be in those bigger storylines. When you hit that first promo and you nail it, then your confidence grows from there. There's a reason why John, John Cena's always been a good promo. But if you ever notice, even Roman, Roman had so many opportunities of being in the main event storylines and being thrown out to the wolves in main event situations. John Cena gutted him once, if you remember. Um right. You get better from that. You get more confidence from that. And you've got to get the main event, semi-main event repetitions of holding a main big storyline like that on your shoulders. You have to verbally bring people into the house to watch it, pre-COVID, obviously. Um, he needs that opportunity. And improve. he's been getting – you know, the promos he has done the past few weeks have been a big improvement uh, from before, where he yes. was before. So. Yeah. But I think the, the, the timing is off, though, and the stars aligning. When he first – 
when he was his peak in NXT and came to the main roster and think about how unique and dynamic and fresh those moves were, how commentary put him over. I feel like they should have put time out and be like, we're taking you off the road and we're going to sit you down for like three weeks with an acting coach or mm. like somebody just to get you there. Because when he came in, he was so on fire and those promos really hurt him. I don't know that he can get they, that specialist back. They, difference, they, you know? they, they did to be, that's a good point, Glenn, that they didn't do him favors, but, they also really didn't do him favors with 50 50 booking right True. off the bat either. Yeah. That I still feel hurt him the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, just go Scotty $5 saying, imagine if WWE had mishandled Taker the same way they've treated yeah. Bray. Should be the spiritual successor to Taker's super, supernatural character. Undertaker, uh, did he ever work with puppets, Raj? I was trying to think. What's this? Because Taker did some silly stuff in the past, too. But... Yeah. Yeah. Like like the guys, he was building caskets to put people in. <laughs> yeah. Body remember, bags. Remember, that, remember that episode of Raw where he was going to embalm Steve Austin? Oh yes. <laughs> oh yes. Yeah. So <laughs> they've done some bad stuff, but they didn't do it on the frequency and as often as they do with Bray. Weren't they going to kill Stephanie McMahon on live television on a cross? <laughs> yes. Well, I think they just Something. put her up, right? Oh yeah, were they going to kill her? That was the, that was the unveiling of Vince. I thought uh, as the b- bigger power, what power to right. be. Well, it, was called. It, it was during that time. Yeah, I'm probably fucking screwing that up, but yeah, the higher power. Uh, so, so uh, what can we say tonight about the new day backstage with Matt Riddle and Jeff Hardy? I love <laughs> me some new day. I I, I, I like. Sure. I like them a lot. They're super charismatic. They're very talented. Well, Jeff Hardy as well. I'm sick of this group altogether. This group together is a as a group. They bring they bring each other all down, big time. I forget last. I, I didn't get to watch last week's yet. Did they do the same type of match? Because I know the week before that it was three of them. It was like Matt Riddle and New Day against. Um, the hurt Matt, Matt Riddle was on the outside of the apron, like cheerleading, like he was like their manager out there. It was terrible. Okay, terrible. Yeah. So yeah. they filed a trademark for Hardy Bros. So that's happening. Oh my god. Ugh. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I think I've said everything I, I have. Not, not about Riddle himself, but about this character that they're doing on Raw. Yep. Tune into any other podcast, folks, to hear our thoughts on this. <laughs> Man, so uh, this match happened. The Hurt Business got the win, and they looked hella dominant. Really good. good. As well as they should. Good. Mm-hmm. I like that part. This is the same finish they've been doing every week, though, where Lashley gets Fine. Hardy in the full Nelson and the Hardy taps, which good. it's good for Lashley, but if they're yes, going with is. Riddle and Lashley, they need to have Riddle get some wins, too. And so it looks believable that he can be a threat to Lashley. And I'm not saying they have him beat Lashley, but they can have him beat so Cedric or Shelton. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, uh. I, 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 Bobby Lashley's maybe the ship has sailed. I don't know. I hope it hasn't. I still think he, he, he could be a heavyweight champion of that company. Oh, yeah. I agree. We shall see. Uh, uh, real quick, uh, Bernie DC, uh, on what we were talking about a minute ago, they were going to have her marry the Undertaker on the, that's it. the symbol. Not the cross. It was a symbol. Yes, they were really yes. important to point that out. Having Austin save her and Vince thank him only to reveal himself as the higher power. 
It was me, Austin. It was me all along. That was like one of the more memorable mm-hmm. uh, Vinceisms during that time. Yes. Lashley uh, declared for the Rumble. Yeah. Did the whole Hurt Business declare or just no, Lashley? Just Lashley. And then Nia and Shayna declared for the Rumble. I mean, they're going to be in the Women's Rumble. Yeah. Although it might be Shayna versus Asuka at the Rumble. That could happen. So Nia's in the Rumble. I forget which one. Uh, who knows? Was uh, but it's a post-Christmas miracle. The Miz was given back his Money in the Bank briefcase. Did this make any sense? I mean... Uh, I'm, I'm waiting for you guys to explain it to me. <laughs> because Morrison cashed it in, the Miz didn't. Adam Pierce was like, here you go, Mulligan. I gotta watch that again. I could have sworn like Miz was agreeing to it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I, I do like Miz having the briefcase, though, for what it's worth. I I, I do. Um, I still think he's done great work with some crap sandwiches they've served him. Sure. Um, and I'd like to see him get another chance one day. I know I'm crazy, but I'd like to see him get a, champ- a championship opportunity one more time, another run. One opportunity, at least. Maybe a short-term one, again. So I wonder if this means... He got it if if now he counts as a three-time Money in the Bank winner because that would be no. a record. Or if this is they just can't do it that way. Yeah, yeah it's they not can't do it that one. way. Um, maybe you'll cash in next week during Drew versus Keith Lee, first Raw of the year. Started off hot on Legends Night. This seems like one of those things where afterwards they were like, ah, we can still do some cool stuff with it. So let's undo that decision. Yeah. So let's talk about this final segment tonight. Uh, Alexa Bliss calls Randy Orton to the ring. Alexa has a gift. It is a gas can and matches. She puts gasoline all over herself. Uh, dares Randy to set her on fire. Randy's not going to do it. Wants to do it. Doesn't want to do it because she wants him to do it. Um, and then we end with the cliffhanger where it seems. Uh, well, first we had uh, some of the lights in the screen go out. Is the fiend going to show up? No, he doesn't. But then Randy lights the match. Looks like he's going to do it. Maybe he's going to do it. And we go off the air uh, to immediately uh, a special preview of the new season of Chris Lee Knows Best. So uh, <laughs> take that. Happy New Year, WWE Universe. Tune in next week to see what happens. Okay. Glenn, we just said we like the storyline. So tell me what you liked about this part. Okay. So, like... This was some really real shit. Alexa wasn't acting like she was in a wrestling storyline. This was like very dramatic. It was like this idea that like, I mean, like this was a little too heavy, too real. I was actually like a little upset by the imagery of her. Like, I know it was obviously water, not gas, but still. And I was thinking like... Yeah, and it made you do something because I, I agree yeah. with that. Me too. Yeah, like, and that was like, they're really showing this. Like, I understand why this had to go last because, but still, even at eight o'clock Pacific time, kids mm-hmm. probably shouldn't be watching this. Right. Like, I mean, this was some disturbing shit it to was. go off the air with. Um, and her emotion, this was not like hokey play acting. Th- th- like, I-, I believed it. There was a little too much realness in there for me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, it made me uncomfortable. And but in a, in a good way that that made me want to see what was going to happen next. Raj, 
I, I find this stuff just it's just too hokey and um you know if someone's about to burn them you know asking to be killed and randy orton has a lighter wouldn't you know people be coming from the back to stop this not the wax company it's, they got really murder you know regulations though. same that, thing is with bray i mean ha- yeah you know, he's gonna burn him on fire wouldn't officials be coming down to to of course uh, they would it's, so it just it just it's too hokey it's just so, too cheesy and i i think the i thought the acting was eh uh, see, I did think the acting was good. Um, but but really quick, guys, one of the things that everyone kept saying is like, and to be fair, they're right to criticize this uh, during when Randy set Bray Wyatt on fire, right? And they're like, how come nobody's, a lot of the critique was, how come there's nobody from the back coming in? I go, who would come? Bray <laughs> Wyatt is a monster. He's a ghost, wizard, magician, uh, whatever the hell you're going to call him, right? Like, he doesn't have friends. It's true. Um, no one, and, no one was standing up to the Freddy Krueger mob, going, so "Guys, think about this." Nobody would come out there, storyline wise, to save him. Now, the next thing is okay, but they would to stop a fellow wrestler from setting a thing, a person, a whatever on fire. In general, you would think at least people working in the building, right? Like somebody that works in that arena, um, security guards in there somewhere. <laughs> I'm sure. Somebody, um, especially tonight, I would make the argument because it's 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 uh, Lex, right? She's in there now. There is a, a a female in there about to, she's dousing herself with gasoline. The imagery on that's pretty severe. I agree. Um, this because she's not a monster, but she's morphed into one. I'm guessing storyline wise, right? Do we think she's a monster, but not really, right? Kind of, sort of, right? Yeah. So, so. Because she's been there as herself for so many years, people definitely should have come out there tonight, in my opinion, to just stop this or attempt to stop this or whatever. Yeah. And, and again, the overdoing the supernatural stuff again, you know, when I'm talking I'm to my friends about a mark for it, I'm embarrassed in a way, in a way when I say this, <laughs> but I do mark out for the supernatural stuff that you can do sometimes. Sorry. <laughs> No, I mean, again, you know, to each their own wrestling, there's a lot of different <laughs> stuff on the show. Not everything has to be everyone's cup of tea. And, I you like know, magic. like me, me telling my friends when friends were like, hey, what happened on wrestling tonight? And I'm like, oh, well, the, you know, Stone Cold came out and came out in a beer truck and hosed down the McMahon family and, and then he kicked their ass. And then, you know, tonight it's like, well, earlier in the night, Randy Orton was in this magical area beating up puppets. And then later, this girl was <laughs> gassing herself in gasoline. And then, he, you know, it's just, yes. it's just whatever is your cup of tea, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> they should have had, like, Ramblin' Rabbit come out, like, Tally in South Park and be like, hey, fire's bad. And then he ended up setting Ramblin' Rabbit on fire. I don't know. They could have been going a lot of comedic directions. Uh, one thing I did like, though, about this is that it was a cliffhanger, and I feel like they need yeah. to do more of those, like it, keeping you wanting to tune in for next week. I felt like they missed much. an opportunity on SmackDown because they had that big NFL lead-in. SmackDown did their biggest number of the year by not having that kind of a cliffhanger, Bro, like after the Roman match or something. We, Sorry, get to that really quick and come back to me. Leon's a Duncan. Leon's Duncan saying, uh, saying they'll say Bray Orton's the most divisive story. Might as well say Bray Orton, the most yeah. device. Why is that divisive? Is people love it or hate it? Yeah, like it's oh, like sorry. Yeah. Yes. Um. Oh, 
we should have talked about this even before we got to Raw. What about that SmackDown getting such a damn humongous rating like that? Mm-hmm. I thought that was going to be a shit rating because of the holidays. Yeah, so the NFL had a game on right before it on Fox. So Right. So it started off with 4 million viewers because of that lead-in, and then it dropped you know, 37% for the second hour. So, And then by the second hour, it was pretty much doing its normal no- number. So if, if the NFL hadn't aired, um, you know, it, it, Christmas is a terrible night for WWE. And, but since the NFL, they had the NFL lead in, they were smart by, by starting the show off with the hot steel cage mm-hmm. match and, uh, you know, uh, putting their top star, uh, right after. I said that on our recap, I said, Glenn over here, Glenjamin over here did not like how they started. It was a long match. There were four matches each a half an hour long on Friday. All true. But I yeah. said, if you're coming over from a mainstream, uh, game, and you see a steel cage on your television set. You're gonna give it thirty seconds. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna watch it for a little bit. Yeah. yeah. But when you have four long matches, you know the people. <coughs> the way to get casual fans is with hot angles and hot promos and, and entertainment, yeah, lot, and not just uh, uh, long uh, matches because true the, they they don't watch you know wrestling. They don't yes. care about that yet. So they served a four course meal. I say they should have served a buffet and let people sample yeah. at their leisure. Well. Leisure. Why are you? Why are you saying it that way? Don't say it that way. Say it the right way. <laughs> At their leisure. Thank you. Black uh, saw Johnny Hex four ninety nine. <laughs> the USA Network. What more dark adult themes? Isn't that what they said? Well, they got it tonight. Wait, what? Wait, what? Is he right? And yeah. There was one report that said that. I know Meltzer said that's not true. Uh, in okay. so, who so. knows. But huh. they are not happy with the raw ratings, and and you know they just they did their record low. Just uh, was it last week? Jeez. Yeah, yeah, last week or no, two weeks ago. Can I ask a question really quick? What does SmackDown lead-in shows usually draw to go into SmackDown? Like, what's the show beforehand? Generally? Oh, it's. I mean, it's. I mean, it's. I think it varies because it's. There's not a set show because it's prime time on a network. Yeah, it's like reruns of Seinfeld or Modern right. Family. Yeah, exactly. It's different in different markets. It might okay. be the local news. Um, uh, so, yeah. So this was this was the first time that they've had the NFL as a lead in, and I don't think they're going to have it again for. This, yeah, I think it's that's it for this season or this year. Hmm. Go on. <clears throat> yeah, tonight. I mean, look. Traditionally, tonight's a low-rated show, right, Raj? It, it's. I think it's probably going to be a little bit higher because of the um, just the wrestling industry. Yeah. You know, um, I, we congregate. We congregate when tragic events happen. Yeah, um, but usually, yeah, next week is supposed to because this tonight is the last Monday night football of of the season. Um, so. You know, next week is when they usually get their big bounce back. This year, they didn't have the big drop that they usually have due to football. So mm-hmm. I don't. I'm sure they'll still get a bounce back, especially since they're doing Legends Night. They're loading the show up, so it's a smart move. Um, so yeah, they, that's it. This is always usually kind of the last episode where they're not doing too much, and then they try to do a lot the next few episodes. Keith Robinson, five dollars, saying Raw Talk came on right after, and I will just say it made the cliffhanger pointless since the ring looked just fine behind them. <laughs> well, you can't overthink it. <laughs> True. Different continuity. Yeah. Um. So, uh, Legends Night next week. Nobody cares. Yes. Well, Big Show's coming back, Matt. 
No, especially if there is ever a nobody cares. <laughs> now's the time to hit the button. Nobody cares. But the the last time they did bring Hogan and Flair back, they did one of the best uh, quarters that they had done in a while at yes. that point. So Hogan and Flair, I think, will make a difference. Um, but you know, these things work for one week. Now it's are they going to shoot a big angle to keep any new fans that are watching no. to stay because they no. keep missing out on that opportunity. No. Yeah, they probably won't. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, they should get a, a good rating next week. Yep. Uh, I think that's it, folks. Anything else, Rush? Uh, no, that's it. Uh, you know, Wednesday. I'm I'm trying to see if there's uh, a, a public uh, something public where we can donate for oh, yeah. um, Brody Lee's family, um, his wife and his kids. So I'm looking into that. Um, and would like, you know, if, if we can get that, we'll do Wednesday night show and, and, you know, have all the super chats, uh, go to his family. No, that'd be awesome. Um, he is at BP Matt Morgan. He's at Raj Geary underscore three Oh three. I'm at Glenn Rubenstein. Come back uh, Wednesday night covering AEW dynamite Brody Lee appreciation night, uh, and NXT, the last NXT of the year. And, uh, Matt and I will be back on Friday. Until then, take care, everyone. We'll catch you back here on the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With the McDonald's app, you can get your favorite thing delivered to your door. So if you were looking for a reason to skip washing those dishes you left in the sink, consider this a sign. Right now, get $0 delivery fee with any purchase of $15 or more, only in the app. At participating McDonald's, minimum purchase excludes tax and service fees. Delivery prices may be higher than in restaurants. Other fees may apply, not valid with any other offer, discount, or coupon.